keep everybody on the same page this way than it is trying to text everybody and keep them, you know, us going. So we'll pray and get started and then we'll, yeah, get rolling. Father God, I thank you so much for tonight. I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you've done so far in this class and each and every one of our hearts. I pray that you would continue to grow us, to take us deeper with you. I thank you for the revelation that you're going to give us tonight. I thank you for the food that we already ate. I pray that it will be nourishing to our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so I want to first and foremost just do a quick recap. And I know, okay, you didn't have a puzzle piece. Everybody else has a puzzle piece, right, that you got the first week? Okay. I just wanted to make sure everybody had a puzzle piece. Yeah, that's fine. Perfect. Okay. So the first week, we talked about what are puzzling moments, and it's the moments that we're unable to understand, the moments that keep us in this place of, I don't really know why this is happening, I don't know how this happened, but those are the puzzling moments that we face in life. So that was week one, and we talked about our story being like the picture of a puzzle. Every puzzle makes a big picture, and that our life story being just like that picture that a puzzle creates. But the puzzle is made up of a lot of little itty-bitty pieces. And in our lives, sometimes it feels like there's a lot of little pieces that make up the full story of our lives. But some of the pieces we don't like to keep. Some of the pieces we really like and we like to stay there forever. And some of the pieces we really don't understand why they're a part of our puzzle to begin with. And then we talked about how um, naturally we build a puzzle from the outside in because we like to put the frame together and build because we can build on something that we know. We can look at the picture, we can build the frame, and we build on something that we know rather than how God likes to do things is completely backwards than what we would do things ever. Um, and that's building from the inside out. That God takes those pieces and he wants, to, he wants to build us from the inside out because then we have to trust him fully in every season instead of being able to rely on what we know, instead of being able to rely on our understanding, on our feelings, on, on our perspective of things. And then to wrap up week one, we talked about the I shoulds. We talked about I should be in this place. I should be farther along. I shouldn't be here. I should. And we talked about the I shoulds being a place that reveals shame in our life, that we are ashamed of this season or it wouldn't be an I should. And so that's where we left off week one. Week two was last week. It was the video. Sorry, it was kind of noisy, um, the background noise. But... This one, um, I was so excited for last week, and I've got some feedback from some of you. And if it takes you longer, if it takes you the whole class to do this, that's totally fine. If it takes you the rest of the year, it's totally fine. I'm still working on mine. It is not complete because it was a hard challenge. And what we talked about was writing our story out. Sometimes we don't want to hear our story. Sometimes there's parts that we just try to keep out. Like, you know, when I'm reading little kids a, a book, they look like they're getting bored. I just, you know turn 17 pages instead of one and then I keep reading and the story suddenly changed and nobody knows why but they don't know the difference. Sometimes we do that with our story that we're like yeah so I was born and then I went to school and <clears throat> and then there was college and well now here I am like <laughs> and then we're there and we like to skip pages in our story but our story matters and every every point in our story every piece of our story every puzzle piece that we face Every moment matters in our story because it makes us who we are. And a lot of times we can spend time going, you know, what if I would have handled that different? What if I would have done that different? Maybe where would I be? We'll never know. But what you did do was what got you to where you are right now. And so doing things different, we don't know where we might be. 
We might have messed up differently. We might have had something else happen to us that we didn't expect. But where we are right now is a result of what we've gone through, is a result of our story. And we may never share our story out loud, but just sharing it to ourselves and sharing it to God, because there's some deep places that we've walked through. There's some deep hurts that we've walked through. There's some pain that we've walked through. There's some maybe parts of our story where we're like, man, I'm really embarrassed for that part of our story. I don't even know why it's in my story. And it, and it might be those things. And it might be a story that we never share, but it's a story that we hear for ourselves. And it has a purpose. And it's gonna, God's going to use that to grow us to the place that he wants us to get to, or he's going to use it to minister to somebody else. But if we've never shared our story with even ourselves, part of the challenge might have been, we haven't even got to God's perspective because I'm still trying to figure out how to tell myself my story. And that's okay because it's a hard challenge. But telling ourselves our story, the reason that we did this was because it matters. Our story matters. And sharing it with ourselves allows us to take those deep places and give them to God. Because here's kind of how we see this and, and why this was such a hard challenge. There's a lot of people that know us very, very well. But there's a lot of pe maybe no people overall that know the full story. And if you think about how many people in your life really know the full story, every detail, every emotion, every feeling. There may oh not God. be anybody. Oh yeah. My oh my God, right? Okay, there may not be anybody that really knows the deep part of us. Because one, it's easier just to tell the surface part of the story because we don't even know how to get to the deep parts. And that's why I wanted us to share it with ourselves, but to share it with God, because we're only sharing with God what he already knows. And that's what we're gonna get into tonight. God already knows the full story. But then what the, the second part of that challenge was last week was to write it from God's perspective. And our verse was that God's thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways, that his perspective is completely different than what our perspective is. But the only way to know that is through the word because by ourselves, I can't think like God thinks. God has to reveal that to me through his word. I can't understand how God understands. I can't see how he sees. So my story written from my perspective could be a very sad and lonely story, but written from God's perspective could be a perfect story of who he created us to be. Do we see the difference? And we read Psalm 139 last week, and then your challenge was to go back through and just read that consistently throughout the week, that what does God really say about us? He says we're fearfully and wonderfully made. It says that his thoughts towards us outnumber the sand. Okay. If a person told me my thoughts towards you outnumber the sand, I'd be like, oh, I'm not even have time to think of anybody else. Like, that's nuts to me. I can't say that I think about anybody or anything more than the sand. I mean, that's, that's crazy when we put that in our perspective. And again, there's another way that we're like, I don't understand how God does that. We can't comprehend the fact that somebody's thoughts towards us, all being good, all being truthful, could outnumber the sand like I don't that's a crazy perspective to me but how cool just to see that shift and how God actually views us how God actually thinks about us um, we're gonna go through a few stories tonight just reinforcing the fact that our perspective versus God's perspective are two very different things and the biggest thing that I want us to get out of this class are puzzling moments come we're gonna face puzzling situations in life 
but we have to trust God's word over our word and over anybody else's word in our life. That God has the final word, that what God says is truly this perspective that we should be listening to. And so I want to I want to start with our with our theme verse of this whole class. We started with it was Isaiah 43:18. So I want us to flip over there because I want us to keep this with every single study that we do each week. I'm sorry, what was it? Isaiah 43:18. This has been my prayer for each of us um, throughout this study for this class for the year 2020. Um, so I want to keep it every single class. I want to refer to it several times. And I would love it if everybody memorized it by the end of our time together. But I just absolutely love it. It says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And so that's been my prayer over, over all of us for this study, that God's doing a new thing, that what happened has happened. We can't change what's happened. We can accept what's happened. And that's part of writing our story, that, yeah, this, this happened, and it made me who I am, and I don't know how God's going to use it yet. We may not understand. You may know exactly how God is going to use that in your life, but... We can't change what's happened. We can't change yesterday. We can't go back. But God's going to do a new thing. But before we use our perception of what a new thing might be, I want us, if you want to circle that in your Bible, if you want to put it in your notes and circle the word new, whichever, whatever works for you best, what I want us to understand here is that God's doing a new thing. Anything can be new to us that's not yesterday, right? And so could it be that the new thing God does inside of us is just give us a new perception of who he is? Maybe we get a new perspective of our story. Maybe it's a new, um, maybe it's not necessarily a new job or, or a new hobby or new friends. Maybe God's just going to renew passion that maybe we've lost. Maybe there's new peace that we have in our life. Maybe there's new joy that we have in our life. And so I don't, what I don't want us to do is focus on, well, what new thing are you doing for me, God? What new thing are you doing? And we miss actually focus on God because we've been so focused on what he's going to do or we've been so focused on the pieces of our puzzle. I don't want us to miss God. And so what is God going to do? But our focus being on his word and our focus being on him. So he's going to do a new thing. And then here's a, a quote I'll have everybody write down for um, our study tonight. But what you picture in your mind will happen in time. What you picture in your mind will happen in time. So this is week three. And I'm titling um, this session, Please Excuse Me. So my nephew, um, both of them actually, one's a little farther along than the other, but um, Wacy, he's very much so at a stage where he's really good about saying excuse me when we leave the dinner table. 
we sit down, we eat dinner, and he's very, very good. Um, he'll find whoever's house he's at. And um, the other night he was at our house, and he goes, Aunt Shield, may I please be excused? And so, of course, I let him up from the table to go do whatever he was doing, right? Um, Dawson, on the other hand, he's learning, and he just kind of sits there and, you know, takes a bite or something and gets distracted about a toy. And he's like, all right, excuse me, and just <laughs> heads on out. And so he informed you that he was being excused. It was not that and Wacey's like, may I please be excused. Now, Wacey's a lot older, but I want us to think about what excuse me means when we're leaving the dinner table, right? It's I'm going to I'm going to separate myself from what's going on here. I finished. I, I took what I wanted until I was full. I took what I wanted until I have to go. But we're excusing ourselves from something. Right. And excuse and excuse are the exact same word. And so we're going to talk about maybe we've been excusing ourselves from the table that God has in front of us. Some things that he wants us to take from that for some reason we've been excusing ourselves from those things. And there could be a lot of reasons, and we're gonna to get to those in just a minute, but please excuse me. And so the first thing, the first point that I went on here is the quote you just wrote down, what you picture in your mind will happen in time. The picture of our stories, the picture of your life today. Maybe if you could just, we're gonna take a 30 second pause here, and I want you to think of all the thoughts that you thought towards yourself or something you were doing today. Ready, go. Everybody starts giggling. <laughs> the thoughts just today, just today, we could have just gone the last hour, uh -huh. but all the thoughts that we've thought towards ourselves, getting ready this morning, putting our clothes on this morning, maybe getting our kids ready for school, maybe telling your husband bye on his way to work, maybe getting to work, maybe working on a project at work. Maybe seeing somebody that you didn't really know how to do today. Maybe, whatever it might be, what are those thoughts that, that we've had? And are they in which side of the scale as to my thoughts have lined up directly with the Word of God or my thoughts have probably been polar opposites? Or maybe there was a good balance. It, it, we could be anywhere on the spectrum. But where have our thoughts been towards ourselves, towards our environment, towards our workplace, towards our family, towards where have our thoughts been? And are they abundantly negative? Are they abundantly positive? Do they line up with the word of God? Or are they equaled out? And so um, what you picture in your mind will happen in time. Your picture of yourself, your picture of your story, your picture of your puzzle so far. Which, which side of the balance are we on? Um, our challenge overall, you know, has been to know God through his word. In the first week, we talked about not just reading the stories to see what the people did, but reading the stories to find out who God is. That in every story, we have the ability to just look at, I mean, David was a cool guy. David was a common teenager. He did cool things, but who was God to David? Because remember, we talked about people change. People are people. Are people. We saw David go from like, I mean, the teenager to the guy that killed Goliath to whew, he skipped those pages and then he came back up and he was a great guy, you know? 
And so we saw people change, but God never changed. Who was God the whole time? Because that's who's the same to us. So our challenge was to be in the Word. And the reason why is because the Word is how we renew our minds. It says, not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It says, faith comes by hearing, and by hearing the Word of God. So the more of the Word that we are filling ourselves with, the more we meditate on, the more we think on, and that's where it enables us to see the world, see ourselves, see our situations from God's perspective rather than from our perspective. But we have to choose to take God's word over our own word. We have to choose that I choose to meditate. I choose to believe on what God says about this situation, on what God says about me, on what God says about my finances, more than what I say. And I'll, I'll give you an example of that. So I wrote down, you know, in these puzzling moments, my puzzle, I went a little bit more detailed. And I went more detailed to say, okay, what are some areas that I feel like maybe I'm facing right now that are a struggle? My journal is my happy place. I see, I write everything in my journal, everything. Every single day, I'm writing, I'm writing stuff in my journal, whether it's what God's saying, maybe it's just how I feel, maybe, and some people journal, some people don't, totally up to you. But I have journaled the last four years, almost every single day. So I can look back, it's kind of fun. You can look back four years ago today and be like, what was I doing? How was I feeling? What was I thinking? To see, wow, I have not grown at all in four years. Or, hey, look where God's taken me. It may not be, I could think different then than I think now. I could see different then than I think now, or than I see now. Um, but in my journal, I wrote down some things. Um, going through our puzzle and I put what am I speaking about me about vision about finances about my job about my marriage about my family and so then I took some statements that maybe we were we were struggling with and I just flip-flopped them I took financial statements that maybe we've said and been like oh man that's a little tight any of us ever said that right is that lining up with the word of God or I mean, it's reality. We are speaking truth, yes. But how does it make you feel if you, if you, I mean, said it to yourself or you're looking at your checkbook or your bank account because, I mean, we use bank accounts now and online things and not checkbooks, but <laughs> then looking at those areas, if you go, gosh, dang, I'm so tight. I Immediately it's like, oh, right? It's this heaviness. It's not peace. It's not joy. It is the current reality. But uh, so there's two parts to this. One, I mean, if we're spending to spend, we gotta fix something. But two, what does God's word say about our finances? And so the statement had come out. You know, gosh, I just feel I'm a little bit tight. So I wrote down in my journal, what am I speaking about our finances? And I wrote down several statements here. But I put, we make more than enough. We have perfect jobs, God has supplied more than enough, and we are excellent at budgeting. Probably not, but, <laughs> all right, I wrote it. And that's what I've said every single day about, and that's what, and so Oren started doing it. He woke up this morning and he goes, guess what? Today is gonna be a great day. It is going to be overwhelmingly wonderful. He said, we are great at budgeting today, and we have more than enough money for today. And so he started picking it up. Okay, we have the same amount we had yesterday. 
But <laughs> the way we look at it, do you see the difference? Another one I wrote down. I wrote, um, so it's a fast. My whole goal has been, okay, I'm losing weight. I'm going to get back in shape. I'm going to, like, I just don't, I've always been, like, an athlete. I always work out. I just, well, I did not work out all fall. Like, I'm going to tell you. I just sat there, no problem. Okay, so, like, there's just no muscle on my leg. Like, there used to be on my leg, and that irritates me. I just, I want to have some muscle on my leg. I know these are silly examples, but I promise they're going to have a point. So I can look at that, and I can go, man, I just, I am like a flabbery well and I don't have any muscle on my leg and I mean I can I can see myself that way I can look that's not uplifting that's not gonna make me lose weight that's just gonna make me eat more cookies because I feel sorry for myself like that's where it's gonna put me so instead I wrote I eat healthy I have no problem eating healthy I wake up really every morning and I work out I've probably lost a lot of weight during the fast and I fit into my clothes perfectly silly statement statement but it's a statement that it's it's changing the way I think it's changing the way I see it's changing the way I feel do we see the difference and so those are silly and I have a, a ton more in there but taking just a simple thing the way we look at ourselves and flip-flopping the perspective how do you feel about uh, your stage in life how do you feel about being a mom right now how do you feel about being a wife right now how do you feel like being an employee right now how do you feel about whatever stage of life you're in right now how do you feel about it so that's part of your challenge for this week how do you feel about it so you're gonna write down what things have you been thinking about those areas is it thoughts of failure is it thoughts of shame is it thoughts of guilt is it thoughts of condemnation uh, condemnation if, if you're describing yourself in, in any spot of life that you, that you have currently, and write them all down, how would you describe yourself? And then flip-flop that, even if it's a silly statement, like, I am good at budgeting, <laughs> write it down. But repeat those things to where it changes our perception to go, no, I can do it. No, I can't. I can do what God's asked me to do. I can do with what he's given me today. And it changes us from a what I don't have and a what I lack to a flip-flop of I have more than enough to do what I need to do today. I have more than I am capable of doing what God has asked me to do today. I may not be capable to do what I'm supposed to do tomorrow, but I'm not supposed to worry about the tomorrow. The Bible even tells me not to worry about tomorrow. So I can do what I'm supposed to do today. And just changing our thought pattern over day to day to day to imagine where you're in a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, when we finish this class, where are we going to be? What has our thinking changed? Four weeks from now, how is that going to be transformed from day one? How are we going to see ourselves from day one? How are we going to view our story from day one? Will we see it from a perspective from what God thinks or will we see it from a perspective of what we think? Two different perspectives. So let's keep going here. So please excuse me. We have to learn to take God's word above all else, above our own, above the words of other people, above how we feel, and above what we can see. So God is all-knowing. We, we learned that last week when we talked about 
his thoughts being above and his thoughts being he knows when we get up and he knows when we go to bed and he knows our coming and he knows our going. He knows everything about us. There's nothing that can be hidden from him. And so give to him what he already knows about us. We're not hiding anything from him. And sometimes when we come to our prayer time, sometimes when we come to our devotion time, we're like, okay, so God, everything's going great down here. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm perfectly confident in who you've created me to be. And, uh, <laughs> and that's how we come to our prayer time. See, but God knows those deep places. He already knows those things about us. And so when we come to God, that's a place that we can go, I bring you who I am right now in this moment. Not because I want to stay here, but because I want to know what your word says about it. And I need you to minister to me. You know, if you could imagine, um, you can imagine a little kid, you can imagine you as a little kid. You might have been feeling some way about yourself, and maybe you had a mom, maybe you had a dad that, they just held you for a minute. And they maybe just told you the opposite of what you were feeling. They maybe just told you, you know, you, it's all right. It's just fine. And this is the truth that I see about you. This is the truth that I speak over you. Could have been a time we got hurt as a little kid. You can imagine a little kid getting hurt. They come up when you say, well, I mean, besides when you're like, okay, suck it up. Sometimes God tells us that too. <laughs> but hey, it's okay, what hurts? Let me help it. Little kid comes up and goes, I, I just, Dawson told me the other day, I just don't have twins, auntie. I said, you have lots of friends. His friends weren't at the church yet. So he thought they abandoned him, right? So what do I say? You're right. No, I don't tell him that. I go, Tosh, you have so many friends. And they are so excited to come play with you. And that changes his perspective. Okay, it's the same when we go to our God. When we go to our prayer time, we can be real. We can be transparent and go, God, I don't have any twins. <laughs> like, whatever it may be. And God's not going to be like, yep, and move on. Like, I got better things to deal with. No. He's going to meet us right there and go, yeah, you do. You have more than enough. And just that reassurance, like we would reassure somebody or that feeling of a parent reassuring us is the same reassurance that God wants to give us. That we just bring to him what he already knows about us. See, we can't fake it with God. He already knows how we're feeling. He already knows what hurts. And sometimes we hide it so much from everybody else that we forget to be real before God. But only when we're real before God can he deal with the real issue on the inside of us. Can he give us the real truth to confront that? But when we have a front up, we're not listening to what he says about that issue because we didn't even give it to him. That's what it says when it says, cast your cares on him, that we bring the fullness of who we are to him. It says we come boldly before the throne of grace. And I want us to see, I'm going to use a couple examples here because sometimes when we're writing our stories, we get to these places where we're like, yeah, but that one was absolutely my fault. I did that. I brought this upon myself. Or we get to these places where we're like, I had no control. I don't know why that happened. I don't know why I got hurt that way. I don't know why. I don't understand why this thing happened in my life. I had no control over it. And maybe all of us have faced both of those. Maybe all of us have faced one of those. But in seasons of life, there's, there's things we face that we have no control over. And there's things we face that you're like, I had absolute control over that situation and I chose wrong. 
But I want to look at two stories here. And going back to that, give God what he already knows about us. And we're not going to turn there for time's sake. I just want to, I want to talk about them. But do you guys remember the woman that was caught in adultery? And it said that um, the men brought her and they, and they threw her before Jesus. And it said that they caught her, they caught her in the very act. Right? Okay, that's like, man, I screwed up this time. That was totally on me. Caught her in the act. And so this moment where, because sometimes we think some people's stories are stuff that happened to them. I caused mine. So somehow we feel like we're farther away from God than everybody else. Somehow we feel like I, God just can't minister to me. And there isn't going to be a testimony from this because I did it. Right? And we get in those feelings that I did this, I brought it, and I, there's just not going to be a testimony. And I hear that so much that because I did it, I miss out on what God has for me. Like we're just like kicked to the curb forever, right? So this lady caught in the very act. But then on top of that, how many of us have ever been in a situation where, yeah, we caused it and now everybody's talking about it, right? It is the topic of every conversation everywhere we go. And even if they're not talking about us deliberately, you know that every song that comes on, everything you see suddenly has everything to do with what you did, right? And you're like, who rewired the grocery store? You can't even go to Walmart. And everything suddenly has something to do. And then you go to church and you're like, God, I got it the first seven times. Like, we, everything has something to do with what we did. And it just seems to be around us everywhere. And so we can excuse ourselves from the table of what God wants us to do. But remember that woman. And they threw her in front of Jesus and they said she should be stoned. And had all kinds of other stuff to say. She's around, surrounded by accusations. She, she's surrounded by feeling shame. She's surrounded, right? She's literally dressed in it at this point in the, in the story. But in our lives, we could be surrounded by the shame of what happened. We can't get away from it. It happened. It is a public display. And I don't know what to do with it. The people wanted to stone her, right? But Jesus, I want us to, to pay close attention here to what he says, and you can uh, read the story this week, but I just want to, I want to paraphrase. But he says two things that are very important that I want us to see God's perspective on maybe one of those situations, right? So she's sitting there, she's on the ground. We, I, I want us to all kind of jump into the story and be her. So if you have a situation that you're like, I, wrong, I was wrong here, then put yourself in this story. Okay? So she's at the feet of Jesus. Jesus is sitting there. The first thing he says is, where are your accusers? The first thing he says. So he points out and says, who's, who's accusing you? Because they were gone at this point in the story. They had gone away. And we're not going to talk about that part, we're gonna, but we're going to focus on this. He said, where are your accusers? And so for us, if that's a situation we face, maybe it's a, a situation you wrote on your puzzle piece. One thing I want you to make a note of there is, where are my accusers? And do their words mean more to me than God's word? Because then here's what Jesus says next. He says he helps her up and he said, go and sin no more. He didn't tell her, you're right, you should be stoned. He didn't tell her, yeah, everybody's going to know what you did. He didn't tell her, 
you really messed up this time. You didn't tell her you knew better. You didn't tell her, you didn't jump down her throat. You didn't make a big display of it. You said, go, go, don't, don't do it again. What a perfect display of God's perception of a, or perspective of a situation like that in our lives. That the guilt and the shame of maybe something that we caused in our life, that puzzle piece, whatever it is on your puzzle piece, that I caused this, that we could carry that with us forever. But at this point in the story, you see, this is a physical Jesus and a physical person, but in other terms, could Jesus, Jesus have said, no, I died for this. Be free. I died for this. Be free. That we carry it with us. She could have got up and taken the voices of the accusers with us and taken the shame with her, and that's an entirely different life than what Jesus just sent her, right? Tell her to be free, to go. So for us, maybe in that situation, in those seasons, that maybe we feel like, I caused this that we can look at a Jesus and go, he died for my shame, died for my guilt, for my mess ups, for my, and I have grace to move on from this and I have grace to be who he's called me to be and I have grace to walk in the fullness of what he had and yeah, I messed up, but I've repented and he said, be free, to go on. And so let's not excuse ourselves from the table with Jesus because we feel like we're not fit to sit there because we caused it. Don't excuse ourselves from the fullness that God has because we feel like we're not fit because we did it. It's our fault. And so we still see a fulfilled picture with someone that caused it. But then, do we remember the story of Joseph? Joseph, 100% like this slapped me in the face and I didn't know where it came from and then it hit me on the other side and I still know where it came from and then it kicked me in a hole and I don't know where it came from. Well, he didn't know that one. But no understanding, right? No understanding. God gave him a dream. He shares his dream. He gets thrown in a hole, sold into slavery, and he gets there and gets falsely accused, thrown in prison and forgotten about. That's a real sad story, right? Some of you are like, oh, that's my puzzle piece. <laughs> right? right? We feel like, man, we relate with Joseph because we just got kicked on every side and thrown in a hole and sold. And now we don't know where we feel like we're imprisoned and forgotten about. Falsely accused. We had no control. Joseph had zero control over any of those situations. And he did have control over one of them with Potiphar's wife, and he chose to do it right and still got thrown in prison. So he's just a lost cause, right? Man. So not only did I try to speak what God said, then I tried to do God and like do the right thing, and I got in trouble again. And I told, and the biggest hurt came from because the people that sold him were his family. So you're like, I wish my family would sell me. <laughs> right? No, but it happened from his family. It happened from somebody close. It happened from the people that could cause the worst damage. Right? And maybe our puzzle pieces have some of that written on them. That it came, the hurt came from the people that caused the worst, that could possibly cause the worst damage. And I had no control over the situation. And it hit me and I don't know what to do with it. Okay, that's where Joseph is. But here's the thing about Joseph is Joseph chose to remain faithful. He didn't excuse himself from the table because life wasn't fair. 
He didn't excuse himself. Sorry, God, I don't know why this happened. I tried doing things your way. I'm out. I mean, who would blame the guy? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. But maybe some of us have been hit with some of those things where we're like, God, I tried doing things your way, and it hurt. I tried doing things right, and it still hurt. But here's our question. Do we excuse ourselves from the table at that point? Or do we say, I'm going to still do things God's way because God has a different perspective on this. God has a different perspective. And we see as the story goes on, and then there's Joseph's family. They come back and they ask him for food. I mean, Joseph could have been really sassy, and he chose not to be. Okay, He didn't. He fed him in a time of famine. He gave him a new place to live. And what he did changed the history of the Bible. If we studied out, you know, where the placement of his family got put and where the Old Testament moves on from there, that was a very pivotal moment in the history of the Old Testament. But why? Joseph remained faithful. He didn't excuse himself. And so we see, because so many times we want to make an excuse out of our puzzle pieces. The excuse that either I caused this, so now I can't do what God wants me to do. I caused this, or I didn't cause this. I had nothing to do with it, and it hit me. So now I'm out. So we have two puzzle pieces here, both of which God still has a fullness for. And we can choose to excuse ourselves from the table, or we can choose to still remain faithful and see things from God's perspective. Do we see the difference? Two perspectives that are so easy for us to excuse ourselves. Excuse me, I'm done eating that. Right? Excuse me, I'm, I'm done. Or, no God, I'm going to remain faithful. No God, you died for this. And I did make a mistake. But I serve a God that's bigger than my mistakes. And I serve a God that's bigger than my shame. Right? So, on those puzzle pieces, we're without excuse. We can't excuse ourselves from the story. Um, we talked about seasons. I want to read Ecclesiastics 3 really quick. Because with our puzzle, puzzle pieces, we face a lot of seasons in life. But I want us to see that we don't always control over the seasons that we face. But there's a lot of them. But in every single season, in everything that we face, God has a purpose. And it says that here in 3.1, and we're going to read through, uh, what did I have written down here? Um, through 11. And it says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to, I use that one on Orin all the time. He really likes to hug and I'm just not much of a hugger. So I'm like, there's a time to embrace and there's a time to refrain from embracing. And so, <laughs> feel free. <laughs> Excuse me, exactly. <laughs> so feel free to use that at any time. 
There is a time to gain. I used that one as well. There was a time for me to gain and there's a time for me to lose. <laughs> there's a time to keep and there's a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. I got to remember that first one. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. What profit? What profit has the worker from that which he labors? I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Pause right there for a minute. Every season, everything we face, God has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. There's times, there's seasons, there's things we walk through, there's things we face. But embrace the, the season that we're in. But see, all these, all these seasons change. And sometimes we get stuck in a, in a season. And we were not created to stay in a season. The world itself does not stay in a season. Sometimes it does here. It's like winter <laughs> all year round. But it was not created to stay in a season. Even the world has changing seasons, right? And so in our lives, there's different seasons. And so embrace the season that we're in. Find God's purpose. Find God's beauty in the season that we're in right now. Where are we right now? What's the beauty in right now? Because sometimes we're so stuck in what happened back then that we miss what God's doing right now. And sometimes, here's the question, and, and we're going to look at... Um, one more story here. Let's look at 1 Kings 17, 8. But sometimes when we're looking at our, our puzzle, when we're looking at our seasons, we say, you know, I, I just, I don't know what it's going to cost me. I'm in a really good place right now. And if I give it to God, I don't know what it's going to cost. Or I'm in a really bad place right now. And I just need to hold it together. Once I get it together, then I'll give it to God. Right? And so we always seem to have these excuse me's that we use excuse me God when I when I get it together I'll give it to you excuse me God I'm, I'm just in this in this season right now and we feel like it's gonna cost us something but what I want us to see in this story here is it's gonna cost us if we stay it doesn't cost us to give what God already knows we have right all right let's read here verse 8 then the word of the Lord came to him saying and this is Elijah then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks, that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Okay, there's the excuse me, right? The excuse me, I'm sorry, this season I'm in, I only have this much. I only have this much to offer, God, and you're asking for it. I only have this much that I feel like is mine, and... Maybe it's our sanity and I only got this much of it and you're asking for it. I, I, I feel like I'm in a good place, God, and last time I gave it to you, I got thrown in a pit. Like, 
I don't want to, I want to excuse myself from what you're asking me to do. I want to excuse myself because I want to hold on to this place in my life. And we, and she right here is, is excusing herself. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. She chose to take God's word over her word. But see, her first response was, it's going to cost me something. But see, what we see is costing us something. If we would change our perspective, again, just a perspective change. If I give God what's in my hand, I don't know the blessing that he's doing behind me for when I turn back around, right? I don't know the blessing that's happening back here when I give God. I know God's asking for that deep place. I know God's asking for that shame and that guilt I've been carrying. I know God's been asking for this I feel like life is going really good, so I haven't given him my time, and I know he's been asking for it. And we can say, it's going to cost too much. Had she not made that bread, it would have cost her her life. Had she not listened to the word of the Lord over that situation, it would have cost her her life. And where in our puzzle pieces, and where in our stories, and where in our seasons of life right now do we know God's asking me for this? I'm not giving my all today. God didn't ask her to make like bread for 50 people. He asked what she had that day. Right? Because he could have said, tomorrow I need you to feed the Israelite army. And she would have been like, with my stick. Right? That was crazy. That was way too much. But God said, what do you have today? I need that that you have today. And when you give me that, it's not costing you anything. It's gaining you everything. And so our perspective can shift of, it's not what it costs me to serve God. It's what I'm gaining by giving God everything that I'm taking care of. And tomorrow I could feed the Israelite army because I gave what I needed to today. Because I took God at his word today. And so as we go forward, and I'll, I'll get to our challenge here. When we get to what our tomorrow, I mean, we need to start today. Because whatever, you know, we could all do wonderful things if we'd ever start today. Because we always start tomorrow, and tomorrow just never comes. But <laughs> what do we start today? What can you give God today? What deep place? The thing that God already knows you have. He already knew she had enough flour for some bread, right? So it was a test there going, well, you give me what you already have, even though you think it's costing you something, it's really not. And so what do you have today? You're not dabbing all together. God already knows what we have. That's the thing. So we can't hide it and be like, God, I give you the holiest self. God, sorry. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> what do we have to give God today? You're like, well, I got a whole lot of nothing. Okay, we got a mouth. Everybody in here has a mouth. Can we surrender that to God today? Can we take God and his word over our mouth today? We got a mind. 
to take God at his word over our thoughts today? Right? We have hands. We have bodies. We have jobs. We have influence. Everyone in here has influence. Can we take God at his word and surrender that to him today? See, he's not asking for anything crazy. Just what we have in our hand today. And, that, and then he opens the door to blessing that we don't even know is happening. But we got to take him at his word. And so as our, our challenge, we want to grow, right? Each of us are in this class because we want to grow. We want to grow beyond what our perspective is of our puzzle pieces. We want to grow beyond where we were when we started this class. We want to grow. I mean, every, every day we want to be growing. What environment are we growing things in? What environment is in our home? Or is it an environment that grows fear and doubt and worry and anxiety? Or is it an environment that's growing faith? Is it growing peace? Is it growing joy? So we can grow either. But what environment have we created? What are we speaking? What are we thinking? What are we listening to? What are we watching? What are we allowing people to speak into our lives? It's a very careful thing, but what are we allowing to grow? So I know we, we covered a lot tonight, um, but I want you to go back through on those areas I told you to circle for your challenges for this week. Write down your, what are, what are the excuses maybe I've, I've made? What excuses have I made to, to leave the table from what I know God's asking me to do? And then write down those areas. And if you got to write funny one-lining wonderfulness to, to power up your day, then do so. Put it in your journal. Put it on your mirror. If you, I mean, you got some road rage, just put some on your steering wheel. This is I'm the most peaceful driver on planet Earth. And just read it to yourself as you drive, right? Um, whatever it is, confront the, what are those areas? But then confront those areas. Confront them with the Word of God, but, but do some positive self-talk. Okay, number two, what we do in our mind, or what we say in our mind, we do in time, right? What we say in our mind, we do in time. So this week, we're going to make a special focus of renewing our minds. So here's the big challenge. Okay, lots of little questions, because I want to give you enough that you are studying all week long from class to class. And again, this will be recorded. Hopefully, my screen went black, so I don't know. I might be all black. I might still be there. We won't know until this is over. But... You'll have it to rewatch if you need it to rewatch. But here's your big challenge 15 minutes every day in the Word. 15 minutes every day. Maybe you're at a place that you're like, I spent an hour easy. Good, keep it up. Maybe you're at two minutes. Let's get to 15. 15 minutes a day. There's enough material that we've covered so far in this class Psalm 139, Isaiah 55. Isaiah, our scripture for tonight, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 Kings, we read that, Isaiah 43. I mean, there's enough just in the scriptures we've covered in class to give you 15 minutes a day. But then meditate on those scriptures. And if there's something specific that you're facing that you're like, hey, I need a scripture for this, let me know. I'll send it to you, no problem, just text me. I'm happy to help. And so continue just recapping Continue filling out your puzzle piece. If you haven't filled out your puzzle piece, write down those puzzling moments. If you haven't written your story, write your story. 
then rewrite that story from God's perspective using the Word of God. That might, again, that might take you the entire six weeks, and that is totally fine. And then tonight, we're going to renew our mind. We're going to take those puzzling moments. We're going to renew our mind to the Word of God. We're going to stop excusing ourselves because of those moments. You might need to relook at those moments and go, where have I excused myself because of that? Where have I excused myself because of that? Where have I excused myself and go through all of them and ask yourself, have I made excuses on behalf of any of these puzzling moments? Does that make sense? All right, so I want to um, go ahead and we're going to pray and close. And I'm going to give you a few minutes here before we leave and everybody goes. Take a couple minutes. Our challenge at the beginning of class was to really take in and go, how am I going to apply this to my life this week? So your challenge was 15 minutes a day. You can make a decision tonight to where that 15 minutes is going to come from and stick to it. Is it at 6 a.m.? Is it at noon? Is it at night? Is it Where is it at? And that's non-negotiable. What where is my 15 minutes going to come from? So write down specific. I'll give you a few minutes, and if you need to take off, you're free to take off, but we'll go ahead and close. Father God, I thank you so much. I thank you for sending us your word. I thank you, Father God, for creating every season in our life beautiful. I thank you for the purpose that you've put behind every season. And Father, we repent for any areas that we've made excuses, that we've excused ourselves from the table of your blessing and excused ourselves from the table of your goodness. That we've walked away, whether it be something we caused, maybe because we feel like life's too good and we don't need to give you where we're at. And we repent. And Lord, I pray that you would lead us, you would guide us, you would direct us this week. You would help us change our, the way we talk. You'd help us change the way we think. You'd help us think and dream and have passion according to the word of God. That we would wake up in the morning and we would see ourselves the way you see us. We would go to bed at night and we would see ourselves the way you see us. And we would go throughout our day, whether it's our job, whether it's being a mom, whether it's being a wife, whether it's being a student, whether it's being an employee. Whatever it is that we would see every area of our life according to the word of God. We would see it according to the way that you have it. And we love you and we praise you. And I thank you for an incredible group of ladies. And I thank you that you would minister to their hearts as they go about this week. Help us grow. Help us use what you've given us every single day. Don't let us miss the purpose that you have in any day. That we would live intentional about your word. We would live intentional about prayer time, we would be intentional about who you've created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, ladies, very, very much. And again, take a few minutes and just write down the specifics of how you're going to apply this this week. Maybe go back through your notes and circle some things that maybe stuck out to you because it's going to be different to all of us. What ministered to me in this study is going to minister to Katie different. And so where, where are those areas that stuck out that this applies to me this week? And then I'll get this video up for you guys, maybe. <laughs> and if you want more food, there's lots oh, of it. Yes, thank you.